0: The Bible reading today is from Acts chapter 16, verses 10 to 15. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Lydia's conversion in Philippi. From Juras we put out to sea and sailed straight for Thamothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there we travelled to Philippi the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us.
1: Let's pray together. May God bless this reading of his word and may he open our hearts to respond to it. In Jesus' name, amen. So there are three words I used to hate seeing either on classwork or on a school report card when I was growing up. They are, must try harder. Anyone else have those written on their cards and work and so on? A few hands going up, yep, must try harder. Harder in many ways it was a gentle reminder that I had to cut back some on some of the activities that I loved doing and focus a bit more on some of the areas of my schoolwork. But now I'm an adult, allegedly. I have put away the things of childhood, mainly, and started taking responsibility for my actions And therefore that means I have to stop making excuses. That is, until the question, how is your prayer life, is asked, I immediately think of that phrase, must try harder. Is it the same for you? I'm sure that we could all make a list as long as my arm of the things that we have to do. And I think it's funny, David and I didn't chat about what we were speaking about and our talks are a little bit similar. We might want to sit down and watch that Netflix box set or check our Instagram updates, checking for news updates on our phone, watching the latest soaps, going on a night out with friends. We always seem to have enough time to do all of these things but when it comes to prayer it doesn't seem important enough. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't do these other things because especially in today's culture there is a great need for us to relax and de-stress but actually you can do that with prayer too. We need to prioritise our time with God. And the onus is on all of us to engage with prayer. How's that going for you? If we're honest, and I'm speaking of myself here, we're probably quite good at the arrow prayers The prayers that we fire up quickly when there's a challenge in our lives or a difficult situation. Be that worry about health or work or money or lack of it. But could we try harder? Do we spend enough time in God's company on a regular basis? Probably not. We must try harder. Now, you might be asking yourself the question, well, why? Well, perhaps the words from the next stanza of the I Have a Dream poem that we've been following over the last few weeks will help us to understand. They say, I have a dream of a praying church where prayer where people expect God to hear their prayers where husbands and wives pray together, where church members pray with and for each other, where the leaders pray together regularly, where the services are prayed for, but where the needs of the world are not forgotten. This verse reminds us of the kind of church we should want to be part of if we do all of these things. Now, it seems like a a bit of a tall order, especially in today's culture, when there are so many distractions, but it's not insurmountable. Today's scripture passage gives us an insight of what can happen when people pray. And I've picked out two key points in that. Paul and his companion Silas have traveled to Philippi, in the region of Macedonia, as a result of a godly vision they were praying God speaks when we pray Philippi was the main city in the region but it didn't appear to have a synagogue so on the Sabbath they head out of the city because there was an expectation that there would be a place of prayer there and there was Paul found a group of women there they were meeting together to pray, led by one of the town's tradespeople, Lydia. Now, she might have been said to be an influential woman, unusual and you know, for that time, because she was a business owner who dealt in fine purple fabrics worn by the nobility of the time. An interesting thing about this passage is the way that Paul and his companions sit and talk easily to these women again that's against the culture of the time but in doing so the women were able to hear the word they were probably able to hear where the women were coming from and it could be a reminder to us that perhaps we need to do more of that we need to take time to go and just be with people sit with people, listen to them And before we even start sharing the gospel message with them, Lydia was said to be a worshipper of God, or in some translations, a God-fearing woman. But we gather that she was yet to know Jesus as her Lord and Saviour. Paul shared the message. And the key verse is the Lord opened her heart to respond to God's message. Now note that it wasn't Paul's efforts that caused the change. John Stott says in his commentary on these verses, although the message was Paul's, the saving initiative was God's. Lydia was converted. And she wasn't the only one converted because she became sort of a an instant evangelist sharing her story or the story she had heard with her household and bringing all of them for baptism. Lydia's heart was opened. And so she opened her home to Paul and his companions. Such was the relationship that was established that Lydia's home was the first place that Paul chose to go go to after his release from prison. And you can read about that later in the chapter So how can we relate this passage to our lives? Remember we read the word expectation. Well, let's think about that in our prayer lives. Both corporate prayer and personal. Do we as a church have an expectation that this is a regular place of prayer? And I don't just mean on Sunday mornings. A regular place where people pray as a church family. I know that many years ago when I first came to Barclay, one of the things that attracted the church to me, I'd been church hopping for 18 months, but I heard that the church had a weekly midweek prayer meeting. Now, prayer meetings, church prayer meetings have not always been well supported but there are some churches where there is an expectation where large numbers of people will turn up and pray for the work of the church and they do it's not just left to what Burns refers to as the holy willies to do one of the real positives that has happened during lockdown, is the start of a prayer gathering on a Sunday evening on Zoom. And for one hour on a Sunday evening, folks gather to be together, to pray together for each other, for people we don't know, for circumstances in the world. Some of you hearing this might think that's a little bit of a scary prospect. Having to, first of all, go on Zoom, although perhaps most of us are used to Zoom by now, but then having to pray aloud. It is a little bit scary the first couple of times or a few times that you do it, but to do it in a safe environment where you know that there is love, where you can make mistakes and nobody will worry, people will support you, is fantastic. If you speak to some of the folks and there's a number of them here today who take part on a Sunday evening they'll tell you that it's not scary at all. Not everyone even prays out loud and yet God hears the unspoken prayers of our hearts too. So those prayers are just as valuable. Your presence is important so that you can share in the prayers. Prayer can and should be the boiler room of the church, of any church. We should be committing the work of the church to regular prayer, especially in the coming weeks with, and, and even months, with our vision day. What is God saying to us and what are we going to do about it? Well, we won't know unless we pray about it. What is happening with the presbytery plan? What does God want us to do in relation to the Presbytery Plan? If ever there was a time for a church to be on its knees, it's now, especially this church. We all need to be passionate about prayer and see it as a privilege, as it says in that poem. See it as a privilege rather than a duty. And we should also expect that God will hear our prayers. When we turn up and pray, either on our own or collectively, God doesn't turn up. Because he, he doesn't turn up because he's already there, waiting for us, as any good friend does. Nikki Gumbo says that Prayer is spiritual nutrition. So just as the body needs physical food, so the soul needs spiritual food. And prayer changes us. Prayer changes our world. It can change circumstances. It can change other people and even the course of history. In order for that to happen, we have to pray Over the last two years, the prayer gathering has seen prayers answered in an unbelievable way. We've also seen times when our prayers haven't been answered. And we have to learn patience. Because sometimes God is saying to us, not yet. So if you are praying for anything in your life, remember God doesn't give you everything right away he does it in his time for those of you worrying about how to pray there's no formula be open well there are lots of formulas you can read lots of books about prayer but really be yourself be open and honest be passionate about praying for our church our world And for those known to us. Last Sunday evening we were joined on our prayer gathering by one of our former members, Rachel Fuchella. As well as being known to a number of us she's the one in the middle, in case you don't know uh, as well as being known to us since her birth, due to her missionary parents, Jane and Mike, Rachel was also a student in Edinburgh. Before heading to London to begin her nursing at St Thomas's Hospital. She was also to spend a year in God's time with the community of St Anselm at Lambeth Pal- Palace and she learned so much in that time. So while she was nursing she did her nursing but then she spent time with the community too. Covid came along And then that found Rachel fighting on the front line of the pandemic in London. But Rachel has always had a sense of God calling her to work overseas. She didn't know where. And since giving up nursing at St Thomas's last spring, Rachel has waited prayerfully on God to guide her footsteps. And she shared three little things with us last week. She described the waiting as the tension being like a cord waiting for release. You're know, like a bungee cord and then you let go. But you're waiting and it's tense. She waited. And as she waited, she paused and she pressed into the character of God. Now, we can only do that if we draw close to him. And then the final thing she said was to expect the unexpected. Because sometimes God will answer our prayers not the way we think it's going to pan out. We have no idea what Jesus will do in any situation. So we have to learn to go with the flow because usually God's plan is far better than ours. For Rachel, this means that After that period of waiting and trusting in God, she has now been called to serve in South Sudan with Médecins Sans Frontières, or Doctors Without Borders, and she will leave in less than two weeks. We heard Rachel speak of this work with real passion and enthusiasm about a task which might cause many of us to just walk in the other direction but thanks to the relationship she has with God because of her prayer life, because of her Bible study, because of the person she is, someone God loves, she has a real connection, a conviction for where God is leading her. Can I ask all of you to remember Rachel and her family in your prayers in the coming weeks? Prayer is... And should be a sign of who we are as Christians. You only need to see, to read scripture to see how often Jesus prayed and prioritized prayer. However, it's not possible to go too deeply in this one talk. And we have spoken on prayer at length in over the last few years. But we will continue to speak about prayer. Such is the importance of it. So can I encourage you, why not go a little bit deeper this evening? Start by joining us at seven o'clock for an hour. Give an hour of your time. It's a safe space and where we can press into God together. If you want to join us, drop me an email this afternoon on pastoral at barclayviewforth dot org dot uk if you don't feel confident in praying or perhaps you are completely new to praying or new to the faith and not sure what to say let us let the ministry team know because if there's enough interest perhaps we can run the prayer course again or we can find other ways to help you to grow in your understanding of prayer and who God is can we encourage you to pray on your own, to pray in small groups, to pray in large groups. Just pray and keep on praying. And as you pray, pray with all the earnestness for us all to discern the plans God has for our church. For when we pray, God happens. Let's pray together now. This prayer has slightly been adapted from the Lexio 365 Bible reading and prayer app. Lord, forgive us when we are not honest with you. We sometimes forget about your love and concern for us and allow fear and shame to stop us from speaking to you help us to commit to speaking honestly with you so that we might fulfill that dream of being a praying church. Mobilize us to be a missionary movement so that we might pray for our friends, family members, and colleagues to come to know Jesus. And we take a moment to name them before you now. Father, we pray your blessing on those that we have named and help us to continue to support and encourage them on their journey. And let's pray together now the prayer that Jesus taught us to say together and the words are on the screen should you need them. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.